Welcome to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Callie O'Connor. I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks, scoring several remote jobs, and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries. The one thing that held me back from starting sooner was that I didn't believe it was possible for me. I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle. Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In season four, we're talking all about inspirational travel stories. Let's get started. Before we dive in, this season's episodes will come to you uninterrupted and ad-free. I know that you'll be inspired by the stories you hear this season, and if you need help taking the leap yourself, I encourage you to check out the resources listed in the show notes or visit my website, www.travelshifters.com. Whether you are seeking a remote job, a career break, or pursuing a different travel possibility, there are resources and services for every budget, including free. If you have any questions, my DMs are always open at the Travel Shifters. Now, let's get into today's episode. If you need some inspirational nuggets, this episode is the one for you. My guest today is Jazzy Moss, and she's the owner of Black Digital Nomad, a resource site for digital nomads of color. And our conversation today is just so inspiring. I love her perspective on life and travel, and I know you will as well. So Jazzy Moss is a stand-up comedian expat consultant and content creator. She's lived in six countries in the last five years. And again, is the owner of Black Digital Nomad, a resource site for digital nomads of color. She went from five years of probation to five years of traveling the world and living abroad and says you don't have to come from a corporate background to change your life and live abroad. And your past doesn't have to hinder your future. And real change begins from within. So we get into all of that in today's episode. You're going to love it. Here it is. Welcome back to the Travel Possibilities podcast. I have another interview for you today. And I am talking with my Jess. My, I'm speaking with my guest, Jazzy. So Jazzy, thanks for being here today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Jazzy. I um, am a digital nomad. I've been on the road the last five years. And I am the owner of Black Digital Nomad, which is a platform that empowers uh, people in, of color to gain location independence and move abroad or travel more. <laughs> Perfect. So can you go back five years and talk about when you first started traveling as a digital nomad and how did that come about? Uh, yeah, I wasn't a digital nomad at the time. I was just wanting to travel a little more. I decided to do a sabbatical of a few months, one or three months in Mexico and about three days in I was like wait how can I make this my lifestyle I was running on the beach eating fresh mangoes getting fresh tortillas for like 25 cents and I was like oh my god this is life um, and so I discovered ways to make money I started teaching English online and I was a coach health coach still am so I did some coaching and so detox packages a little bit and yeah I lived on savings and it just kind of happened organically uh, for me uh, again five years ago before it was kind of 
a big thing like digital nomading was a thing but we didn't even know if we could really work in the countries or you know so I mean there really wasn't a lot of representation for me for black people doing it I saw a lot of tall white males and I was like okay um is this possible you know and I met a lot of people that were doing it and I was like oh this is so and I figured I could probably make some money with partnerships of course you have this idea of being sponsored by backpacks and you know um whatever that didn't happen but I did discover other ways uh, to just continue the lifestyle, really. Amazing. So you're not sponsored by Backpacks. It only took you three days to decide that this is what you want to do. What... Yeah, more or less. <laughs> Amazing. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. So what were you doing before you took your sabbatical? Yeah, I was a brand ambassador for different companies, health and wellness companies, also different liquors, Bacardi Girl, and I did a brand uh, project administrator for construction companies. Great. And so did you just sort of quit all those roles to go to Mexico or? Uh, yeah, I did. I figured I could do. Well, I was already um, let go as a project administrator, and that kind of gave me this sense of like, hmm, okay, is this is the security really security? Um, I hadn't worked there long anyway, so I've never been the type that really honestly felt comfortable in a nine to five. I remember writing in my notebook every day, every Friday we got paid and I would write like before I knew the power of, of uh, the law of attraction and, and intention and things, I would write, oh, if I haven't gotten fired yet. Like I just didn't feel in place there, you know, but it did give me the opportunity to meet my partner at the time. We went and moved abroad and but um, yeah, I just, it didn't feel that comfortable for me. So then when I was let go, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this really isn't as secure as people made it seem out to be, right? So I can probably make it um, doing anything. And that's really been my thing has always been making money creatively. And I'll just say I freelance at life, you know? So yeah, I figured I could, I could do it anywhere, really. And so it worked out. I love that so much. And it's really important to note, like you said, a lot of people see a normal job as stability, but now mm -hmm. more than ever with like all the layoffs happening, it really isn't that stable. Yeah. And I've always, I always felt that way. Or I just kind of love my freedom and being creative. And so that to me, chumped being quote unquote secure. Um, mm -hmm. I'd say. And not only that, like a lot of people view being laid off as a negative, but you really turned it into a positive to be able to do exactly what you know, right away, I, uh, after I got laid off, I had a trip to take on the plane. I didn't even have time to like pack up. I was like, oh, I have to go to the airport. So like maybe someone else will pack up my um, desk for me. And I got on the plane and I opened the air, the um, magazine and it said, take the leap. And I had already said that if I got laid off, because we had little buzzwords of our buzzing about it. Um, I said that I would do my uh, vegan cookie business and, you know, really focus on what I really wanted to do, my passions at the time. So, yeah, I just felt like aligned and what I was supposed to do, really. So cool. You're definitely pushed in the right direction. Yes. Awesome. So can you talk more about what you started to do to make money when you started traveling? So you mentioned teaching English and coaching and stuff, but how did you get started in each of these things? Yeah, teaching English. I learned, I met other people who were teaching English when I was living abroad or, or living in Mexico. Like, hey, what do you do? And a lot of people taught English. Um, so I found ways to do that. And there were different ways. They were saying, I met a lady who wanted me to pay, I think it was like $1,200 for the TESOL uh, certificate. 
and I ended up finding it on Groupon for like $5 and did that. And it just, you know, things happen organically. And I explain this to a lot of my clients when I'm working with them is that you don't know a lot of things from where you are. And if you put yourself, you take the leap a lot of times, you'll mix and mingle with other people who are doing it, who are also brave and bold, and you'll find out things that you would never even find out at home. And this was before it was so much information about being a digital nomad and um, living abroad, of course, right, mm -hmm. five years ago. So yeah, I think it's that, like just being and taking a leap sometimes, you'll find out more um, when you go. So yeah, you don't know till you go. It's so true. And like, then you're going to be surrounded by the people doing it because it's really hard. Like if you have this idea and you're surrounded by people who are just like doing the normal thing yeah. and you ask for advice and they're going to give you advice from their own perspective, their limited yeah. perspective. So absolutely. Yes. Very cool. And so how did you end up staying in Mexico during your sabbatical? Did you return back home at all or how did your I did uh, six months in Mexico. I went home to visit. It was really a visa run. I learned about uh, terms like visa runs. And <laughs> uh, I went home for a little bit and I knew right away, like, oh my goodness, the the food was expensive. My cousin was really ex uh, excited to tell me about Fat Burger, having a new vegan burger. And I was like, okay, let's go. You know, I'm excited. We went and it was like, $19 and I was like hey girl I'm not even hungry anymore actually <laughs> like I'm fine we went to 7-eleven to get a um orange and it had no seeds in it and right away I was like hey I'm changing my flight back to Mexico like I think that I found a way and a lifestyle that works for me um so I stayed there for three more months and I was calling. I always wanted to go to Southeast Asia when I first heard about, you know, people moving or going. I, Asia was, uh, Southeast Asia was a popular location. Uh, so I wanted to get to Thailand and somehow Bali crossed my mind. I wrote it on Facebook one day, just Bali with a little star. And um, I saw tickets the next day for like $300 uh, one way to Bali. And so yeah, my partner and I booked the ticket at the time and we went to Bali and that started our Asia um, experience. We were in Bali for two months and then Thailand for nine months. Traveled around, of course, to um, Malaysia, Myanmar, things like that. And then went to uh, Vietnam where I lived in Vietnam for two and a half years. And I didn't go home while I was in Asia. I think I went home for after... Mexico to go to Bali. We left out my family's from LA. So I went to LA, spend time with my mom, really the night, get myself from Amazon. And I went off to Asia and I was in Asia for uh, close to three and a half years. And um, yeah, I got back in a few years ago or two, maybe a year and a half ago. It was after the pandemic 2021, I believe I got back in June. And then I went off to um I went back to Mexico for six months and then I went to Colombia, Peru, and now I'm back in Colombia. So it just, I just kept going, really. It was so much easier and affordable for me to just continue. Uh, I started doing comedy abroad and MC work. I did online um, Zoom comedy shows and started coaching others on how to teach English and how to move abroad and started Black Digital Nomad and yeah, it was just, it just really worked out very organically for me. But I know that like practicing gratitude in between the times, right? Uh, being very appreciative of what I had done, realizing that, and also not really worrying so much. And I think the first year I did, but like 
after a while, I, I just stopped worrying about like how I would make money, how long I was going to be able to live like this. And with not worrying, a lot of wonder came in. And I feel that with wonder, I was able to manifest a lot of opportunities for me. And yeah, it's just, it's really like, it just, I, I it sounds easy and it, was for me was just yeah the the hardest thing was just making the decision going taking the leap was really after that I felt like I was just rewarded time and time again for um, being courageous really wow I love all of what you just said especially the worrying thing I think as Americans we are so prone to worrying like if you do something that is abnormal <laughs> then you have to you either have to succeed or you have to worry about how you're going to succeed and I love that you said that instead of worrying like that's when the wonder came in and how yes. amazing and beautiful is that it's like the snowball effect almost like if you trust that it will work out you've already mentioned a number of examples of when it did yeah example, absolutely $300 tickets to Bali is unheard of so <laughs> <laughs> yes, even that, right? And that was just after speaking it and not having any um, attachment to it. It was just like, oh, okay, and this is what I want. And I didn't even, it wasn't on my list. I know a lot of people dream of going to Bali. I just kind of like, it popped up for me. That's where I began writing my book. And so just, yeah, it happened again organically. I listened, you know, and went. And it, it's been just an amazing journey of how much I've discovered about myself, the world, others the connections I've made and just, yeah, the life that, that I've lived the last five years. I, a lot of times I'm like, wow, is this really my life? I pinch myself all the time. And I'm just like, I'm really here. I'm doing this. I love that. It's super aspirational. Cause I think like, that's the goal. You want the life that you have to pinch yourself about like, wow, this, yes. is, this is mine. This is what I've yeah. created. So you were in Vietnam throughout the pandemic or through the first part? Yeah, I was there. I was there um, for, I got to Vietnam, I believe in 2019. So I was there a year and a half before the pandemic. And then I was there another year uh, during the pandemic, which was, yeah, very interesting time for everyone. And uh, I believe if I was to be anywhere, I'm, I'm really fortunate that I was actually in Vietnam. I think they did an amazing job um, with the pandemic handling it. And yeah, I was, yeah, in Vietnam, I was able to explore, even though we had very strict lockdowns when we did have our moments of uh, being off punishment, the country was amazing to explore without any other tourists. So I felt very fortunate. It was like a once in a lifetime opportunity to get to go to these places that I went before. And then again, it's just were no tourists there and no, no one was there. So we really got to explore yeah, the country, which is amazing. What a cool experience. Vietnam is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And like, yeah, there are always these like little COVID blessings that pop up and you're like, all right, like we wouldn't have had this opportunity if it weren't for something like this. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And so you also started comedy. Can you tell us more about that? When, yeah, when and how and all of it? Yeah, I've always uh, loved the performing arts. I've done acting and things. I did a radio show back in the States for uh, comedy, but I always wanted to do stand-up, but it's very intimidating to me because it's like, ah, you think you're funny. Like people expect you to get on stage and be funny and being accidentally funny is there's no pressure in that. But when you get up there, it's like, ah, so I was always just afraid, you know, and, and fearful of doing so, wanting to do it, but just like, ah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So 
but living abroad and being in Asia for me, I was already stretched so much, right? And I had learned so much about myself and the things that I can do. And like at that point, you're just like, really, is this even, am I even really afraid of this anymore? And if I am, does it matter? Like if they don't laugh or whatever. And I did it in a, at the open mic in Chiang Mai, Thailand at the healing house. And uh, it went great. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is what I've always wanted to do. And I took off in Vietnam for me. I got a booked for a tour, three city tour, and my accommodations were paid for. And I was like, oh my God, this is a dream. This is really what I wanted to do, right? And so, yeah, it happened. I was on flyers and went to Da Nang and play and point in. And I'm just like, wow, this is like, I'm doing the things that I say I want to do. So yeah, I don't know. And a lot of times they, they say they're like things manifest a lot faster. Um, I've heard that about Mexico, parts of Asia, so I don't know if it's that, but yeah, just the power of intention and belief. And yeah, I think once you do this lifestyle, you, you gain confidence in so many ways that you haven't even experienced. And with that, you just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm going to, you move, you move more boldly, right? You're just like, oh, I, I got this, right? Um, and if I don't, it doesn't really matter. And I think that's the confidence. It's like, I'm going to be okay no matter what, right? Confidence is not saying like, oh, everyone's going to laugh. It's like, no matter what, I'm going to be able to say like, hey, I've wanted to do something and I've done it. And I talk to so many people and see so many people struggle with uh, one, being themselves and then just doing the things that they really want to do. So that's also part of it. It's like, wow, some a lot of people want to do these things and I don't have the opportunity. So let me just push through, you know, and, and get it done. That's so cool. And you're so right about all of it. So do you have a piece of advice? Like it, the way you speak about it sounds effortless, but I know a lot of people struggle with like actually doing the things that they want to do out of fear. So how did you overcome it? And what piece of advice do you have for someone who wants to kind of step outside of their comfort zone and try something new? I think it just is uh, doing little things. And as you, it's like a muscle, right? And as you work this muscle, it gets stronger and you become more confident in the things that you want to do. But, and then to me, honestly, if we want to be real, it's, I I have fear-gasm. So like, once I do something that I was afraid of, like, oh my God, it feels amazing to me. I'm like, ah. Oh. Oh, you know, like I, I did it. Um, and it wasn't as bad and I didn't die. And it honestly turns me on, like just doing something that I was afraid of. And I'm just like, wow, you didn't die. People laughed or they applauded. Even my first, I remember my first time, I think I really experienced the fear-gasm was after having a course um, a few years ago on moving abroad and people showed up and were, and I was so afraid of like putting a price on it and marketing myself and feeling knowledgeable enough to even do something. Right. And it was a hit. And I was just like, oh my goodness, wow, I did it. And even when I pressed live, I had feargasms along the way of like promoting it, right? Pushing forward, um, renting and getting Zoom before we all had to get Zoom. All those things. I was just like, oh, I'm pushing through. And so afterwards, um, the feeling just feels really good. And I think I, I, I like that. I love that. That's totally just reframing fear because everyone thinks doing something you're afraid of is going to feel bad. But what if it doesn't? No. Yeah, it's that. And then also like uh hear about I remember learning um or watching this show called In the Car with Comedians mm-hmm. in Eddie Murphy's episode. He was talking about how he still gets nervous before he performs. And to me that lift like that gave me such weight off my shoulders because I was like, Oh my god, this is a man who's been doing this shit for years 
pardon my language, um, and he still gets nervous. And that to me was like, ah, so that feeling of not doing it, I was like, ah, this is excitement. So I was able to turn that into excitement, realizing that I'm, it's not going to go away, probably. It means that I'm doing something bigger than myself. The only time I'm not really nervous is when I'm laying down, not doing shit. So anything bigger than me that, you know, it's, it's probably going to take some nerves and that, that's okay. Love it. But yeah, it's a muscle. It's a muscle. muscle. <laughs> this is such an important conversation. And like, I really appreciate you sharing that because we hold ourselves back so much. Once you start going, like you haven't stopped. So this is so cool. Yeah. And just like a testament to working that muscle. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you've been traveling for the past five years. Do you have some memorable stories you can share with us from wherever? <laughs> yes, all the time. Um, my favorite things are connections, human connection and learning cultures and experiencing different things with people. Um, crashing parties in Vietnam during tech, which is like everything is shut down, but the parties are so alive and they're singing karaoke. And, and a lot of people were complaining about uh, the loud karaoke there. And I'm like, if you can't beat them, join them. So I would go down and sing Kevin Campbell and American songs with them. And it was just really a chance to bond and exchange culture. And it's, it's things I will never forget, you know. Um, singing karaoke with Vietnamese or at their parties, eating amazing food and drinking beer, uh, just the, the receptiveness. And even um, using social media, I was doing a, the series Let's Chew in Peru on TikTok and someone reached out saying that they made one of the dishes I was eating much better. And I was like, hey, prove it, you know? And he ended up reaching out and inviting me to his home and showed me how to make this amazing dish, ahi de, ahi de gajina uh, from scratch. And it's some things that he put in there that I would have never even imagined were in this dish. And it it connected me more to Peruvian food, to the culture. And uh, we made the dish and sang karaoke and made TikToks. And they sang my uh, jingle, let's choose in Peru. It was just amazing. You know, and it's the people uh, that I love. And it's things, too, that you're like, oh, my God, that's crazy. You know, someone will kill you. And it's much easier for someone to like feed you than to kill you also, right? Like it's the blood and then the body and I'm American. And like, it's like, it's, it's really hard, right? And most people are not going to kill us, you know? Um, and so I love the, the connections that I make with strangers because as, as I'm traveling, everybody is a stranger until they're not. So um, that's my favorite part of, of, the, of the travel lifestyle. <laughs> Awesome. And I totally agree. And I'm so glad you mentioned the story, the TikTok story, because I remember that video that you're just like in that guy's apartment cooking one of yeah. those dishes. I'm like, this is awesome. The power of social media, the power of connection, the power of travel, just all of it. Yes, it's great. And those are the things you remember, right? Of all of the dishes that I had, that's the dish I'll remember. I know how to make it now. Uh, the people, they were so excited and yeah, it just was, it's just so welcoming and warm. And we hear a lot about the dangers and all these other things. And it's like one incident will happen, but there's so many beautiful things that we experience uh, with travel, at least I have. And yeah, I'd like to share more of that. So we Absolutely. And you're going to miss out on those things if you are afraid all of the time yes. that something horrible is going to happen. Right. <sighs> so cool. How do you balance working and traveling? Um, I don't. I barely work. I don't think that we should work a lot. <laughs> so I, I use affirmations. I do things that I love and that flow out of me freely to where it's not that. Um, living in different environments and in cultures, I watch people slow down. 
I love hammock time and I don't, I think Americans need more hammocks. Let me put that out there. And I'm not, um, this is not a sponsored post, but I do think that you guys need more hammocks. Uh, just yeah, doing the things I love, working on my phone, writing and, and not letting work consume me. Like I, I don't feel that I need, I'm, I believe in time wealth and I love being time wealthy. And yeah, with that, I have time to appreciate the things that I really love about life. And those are free. It's sunsets and the sunrise and grounding and having fresh fruits and human connection. And yeah, getting on a yacht every once in a while for a party. But yeah, my lifestyle is, is fairly easy. And uh, yeah, I don't, so I just, I work enough to get money and pay for my lifestyle. And yeah, being out of the States is a lot, makes it a lot more affordable. But I've always been that way. Work, I, I, yeah, I don't, I've never been like, I got to work, work, work. I'm, I'm going to nap. I'm going to rest. I'm going to relax. And then if I get to it, and if it's if I didn't finish it, my apologies. I'm gonna get back to it, but I'm not consumed by my jobs. I don't. That's not my identity. Who I'm, jazz, and I, it changes all the time, and so I don't box myself into to work um, and those kind of things, which I think a lot of people are now undoing, and it's beautiful to see. But I wasn't ever domesticated in that way. I believe I had to to work hard. <laughs> That was my next question because yeah, like what do you think about the hustle culture that so many, many of us come from? Uh, yeah, to me, I thought hustle meant finding ways to make money that didn't cause you to have to go to work all the time. Um, but they've coined it as something else and it's fine for those people that, that do that. A lot of them are, are Virgos and uh, Capricorns have a lot of earth in their chart. <laughs> Um, so it's really their nature a lot of times and some people just have to get it and if you if that if that vibe if that goes with you resonates with you then that's great um because we do need everyone being themselves helps the the world flow in the way that it's supposed to but as for me in my house I'm going to rest um but if you want to hustle go ahead hustle but to me it's the thought too like if you believe that you have to hustle to get things then you'll hustle and you'll get those me, I don't believe that I have to. So I think that things flow to me easily, effortlessly, abundantly ex- from unexpected places um, and expected sources. So yeah, I mean, hustle on, but I'm, I'm going to chill. Love it. And so you had mentioned to me that you had come from five years of probation before traveling the world for five yes. years. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about that? Yes. Growing up, I had a mm, interesting childhood and adulthood. So um, I made a lot of my ch- bad choices and I learned the hard way with a lot of them. So I ended up uh, losing my freedom in 2010. I had, I did 15 weekends in jail, 60 days house arrest and five years probation for uh, drinking while under the influence. And uh, yeah, it was the worst time of my life, but it was the best thing that's ever happened to me because I realized how important our choices are and that no matter where we come from, um, that as adults, we're responsible for our decisions. And so I couldn't blame my mom anymore, my father for the things I had to really take accountability for that. But that was such an amazing, that was such amazing news for me as well to know that um, it was up to me because then I could change, right? And so I started making better choices, different choices. And slowly but surely, I saw how my life unfolded and how things were different as I made different choices. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that, that time. But it really also taught me. I remember when I wanted to go to uh, Thailand and I had to get travel clearance and I asked my probation officer, hey, I want to go to Thailand and Dubai. 
And she laughed and she's like, girl, you're not going anywhere. You go to maybe Mexico for a wedding and I need like proof. And I was really like, wait, what? Like, this is my life. This the thing I had done, the, the thing six years prior to that. Um, so I wasn't understanding why I couldn't do what I wanted to do. But I understood that it was a, because of my, the choices I made. So I made a choice that when I got back or got off papers that no one would ever tell me that I couldn't go anywhere. And so when I had the opportunity to travel or move abroad, it was my partner at the time saying, hey, let's do this. And I was like, oh, oh I can actually do that. I don't know how we're going to do it, but I know physically and, and criminally <laughs> I could do this. Right? Legally, I could do this. Um, and so, yeah, I realized that a lot of us do the same thing. We have ankle monitors and we're in mental prison. So. I I just I I take my freedom. I don't take it lightly, and I uh, yeah I I see the privilege in it, and so I I make the choice every day to live freely and and fully. Wow, that's really powerful, and just the accountability piece is huge. Like we are the only ones in charge of our own lives. Like it, it everything yeah. is our own decision making, and so. It sounds like you had a difficult lesson to learn, but like, look at where it's taken you today. Yes, absolutely. And so I don't regret any of it, uh, especially after I had done five years last September. It was a huge milestone for me to realize that I had also spent five years of my life not being able to uh, live my life freely, right? And now it's like, oh my goodness, it's like times 10. And I'll never get those years back, but I do feel like I kind of doubled down on living <laughs> and being free. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. Amazing. And so when you were younger, did you aspire to travel? Did you have dreams of your life turning out like this? Uh, I remember hearing stories about people who had went to like Japan. And I was like, I wonder where that is. And that sounds cool. And, you know, I gone to London and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I want to go places, but I didn't really see that happening for me as a little black girl in South Central LA with my mom disappearing all the time and not feeling secure. So it was just like, ah, yeah, but I, yeah, it didn't seem seem um, possible for me at the time. Wow. At what point did it change for you? I believe the first trip uh, going out of the country, we just went to Jamaica for a one year anniversary and. I was like, oh, and my cut, my aunt, I remember my aunt speaking that into me like, hey, she had gone to London and gone to places and would say, hey, just make travel a priority, even if you just put a dollar away, you know, just make it a priority. And so when the time came for us to go, I was like, hey, we have to make this happen. You know, don't worry too much about work. Let's, you know, have the money. We have it. Let's just let's do it. And I think that is really was like, oh, I can do this, you know, even with this, my first trip being Jamaica on the um and stayed on the resort the whole time I knew that it was like ah it's possible and the power of my passport and freedom and not having an ankle monitor or having to report to anyone I was like I can I can do this right um and then the next time was Mexico and I had never visited Mexico we just went and moved there quote unquote and I don't visit places before I go I just go and set up there and if I don't like it I'll leave but yeah it's worked I think, too, a lot of us want all the answers before we do things. And life is really a journey and it's our own. And if you go with the open heart and open mind, yeah, you'll discover and things, life still happens. You know, it's like, it's not that, oh, okay, I got abroad and like nothing's happening. My father died abroad. We had this whole pandemic, which was crazy abroad. I, I went through a divorce abroad during this process. It's been, life is still happening, right? 
um, that's just, I'm not excluded from that, but yeah, it, it just is, yeah, I'm still, I'm able to process things and still move forward and know that, yeah, life is, it's what we make it. Totally. And thank you for sharing all of that as well. Those are real hardships that everyone experiences. And yes, you've told us about how amazing your life is right now, but yeah, you're not excluded from the hard things too. And you still deal with those even abroad. So you spoke about some dreams you had, like the stand-up comedy thing and like how things just, you have your intentions and then you do them. Do you have any intentions now for what your future looks like? Oh yeah. I have a a e-guide that I just wrote on uh, moving abroad in 90 days or less. Uh, for those that are interested in doing that. Um, and I'm also speaking and writing my book, Probation of Passports, uh, which is in the developmental phase of um, editing. So that'll be out soon. And I want to continue to just travel the world, speak, share my stories and um, empower others to to live freely and fully. So cool. Like, I'm so happy we're having this conversation. You're very inspiring and just I love your energy. Thank you. <laughs> so what advice do you have for someone who believes they can't live the lifestyle they want, maybe because of their past or their background, or they're just afraid? Um, then unfortunately, as long as they believe that it's true and it's right. Um, but on the brighter side is if you shift that belief um, and just, yeah, for me, I was doing, I did a lot of affirmation work, mirror work, looking at myself in the mirror, um, doing tapping forgiving myself um, for the things that I had done in the past, like before I knew better, right? Uh, forgiving others, um, realizing that this is really a journey and that like my mistakes and the decisions that I've made were some of the best things that's happened to me um, and they don't have to define me. And even if they do define me, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. I'm just a human that's really out here experiencing life. <laughs> um, and most of us will make some mistakes along the way. Uh, but yeah, I think it's really just doing the the work on mindset uh, is a lot of it is really getting to the the belief of uh, the reasoning of why you believe that you're not worthy of certain things. But a lot of times with forgiveness, uh, that, that, that helps. But yeah, and then get away from judgmental people. I think that's a lot of it. A lot of us are not even really judging ourselves or recycling things that other people say or do. And so yeah, just just love yourself, forgive yourself and move the f*** on because there's so much life on the other side of this. Oh my God. Every day I'm just like, wow, I've really got another chance. And like, yeah, you, you, you know, you pay the piper and you move the f*** on, but only, only do the, the, the time once. And I did that and I am not going to shame myself or do put myself through more time mentally because of something I already did when it's on paper, it's signed, it's done. And if that's it, if this is the, the crime, the time or the punishment for what I've done, then boom, that's it. It's over and I've done it and we can move on. So yeah, forgive yourself and move on. Wow. That is so powerful. Do the time once because we're like yes. we ourselves in this mental jail, like punishing ourselves over and over and over. And I know it's easier said than done. So do you have like a little tip on forgiveness, whether it's for yourself or others? all the, let it go again like I sometimes it's like oh I did should have done that or oh I feel this way and I say it again I forgive you again jazz I forgive you I forgive you again let it go again when things come up it's like oh okay I feel that I process it I let it pass and I say I forgive you and yeah let's keep going beautiful I love it like there's a lot of takeaways here but I think that's a really important one for everyone listening yes and all the things too, I think with this journey, I've discovered different plant medicines. I've do I've done um 
microdosing with mushrooms. I've sat in ayahuasca ceremonies. I did chakra healing in Bali, TPR in Thailand. So there's different modalities and things that I've learned on this journey too, right? Um, and that's very important to note that it's like, ah, as you go and grow, you'll pick up different things and you'll attract different tribes to kind of just, yeah, but be gentle and patient with yourself and others. I love it. And I think that's a testament to the journey as well, because if you're so focused on the end goal, maybe you wouldn't have picked up these things along the way to sort of get you to whatever the end goal might be. Yeah, right. Which for me, is just peace. And I feel peace. And yeah, that's it. And I want to do the things that help me remain and stay peaceful. Absolutely. I love it. Jazzy, thank you so much for being here. If people want to learn more about you or find you online, where can they do that? Yeah, I'm at uh, Black Digital Nomad on Instagram. And also my website is blackdigitalnomad.co. And I have a TikTok, but it's a different name. I don't, it's like nomadic or something. I don't know. It's <laughs> nomadic jazz <laughs> or something. But well, yeah, it's I'm on Instagram. Yeah. It's in the show notes. So you can find all of her platforms and follow up. And just thank you so much for being here. This was absolutely. I'm so inspired by you. I know everyone else will be as well. And I just appreciate you. Thank you. And you as well. I love the work that you do with helping people find remote work online. So yeah, helping them become digital nomads and free um, is yeah, very inspiring too. So thank you. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. And everyone else, I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so thankful for your positive review on Apple Podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at The Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at travelshifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.